Rolling. Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Finding Nemo. Let's dim the lights and eat some sushi. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy, when life is hard, pick up that card with a smiley face and call him over to your place. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you also by Todd and Wes. I'm Wes. You're <laughs> and I'm Todd. Todd. I'm so freaked out right now. This is our seven-minute episode. Yes. We, all our episodes have been an hour, and so we said, well, let's see if we can get through this in seven minutes. And by we, you mean you. Yes. <laughs> yes. No dead time. Let's go. No dead time. So uh, the one thing you should know is that the format here is two filmmakers trying to break down and analyze films. Beware, we're doing Vanilla Sky today. So if you haven't seen that, there's probably spoilers. I don't know if we'll have time to actually give you any, <laughs> but maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. We're going to cover a lot. We're going to talk about a little bit of the special effects makeup, the importance of nudity, actually, which... I'm looking forward to that part. Yeah, I bet. And we'll touch on a little bit of cinematography and probably not much more. I'm naked right now. <laughs> That's true. Please cover up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. So the synopsis of the film, a self-indulgent and vain publishing Magnet uh, finds his privileged, privileged life upended after a vehicular accident with a resentful lover, directed by Cameron Crowe, screenplay by Cameron Crowe, written by Alejandro Aminbar, Aminabar, and Matteo Gill, starring Tom Cruise as David Ames, Penelope Cruz as Sophia, Cameron Diaz as Julia Gianni, Kurt Russell as McCabe, and Jason Lee as Brian Selby. little things. The little things. There's nothing bigger, is there? I love that. For me personally, because it's short. It's short, but <laughs> I, I, that line has rung in my ears for so long. Because yeah. sometimes in life we only think about the big moments, but in reality, I think it's often the little things. Yeah. Um, and as his buddy keeps telling him, you got to have a little bit of bitter with the with the sweet. You know, uh, it makes it so much better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I try to remember that every day when I see my kids or like so, tell them goodbye or whatever. You know, it's it's and it's the little things that get you to the big things. If you don't mm-hmm. pay attention to those. I remember when I was a kid, I used, there used to be this, this jar that my mom had on the table and on the counter and in it were, were walnuts and, and, uh, uh, grains of salt. And if you try to put the salt or not grains of salt, grains of rice, if you try to put the rice in first, you can't fit the walnuts in. So you got to put mm-hmm. the walnuts in first and then fill in the rice. And it's kind of like a metaphor there, but anyway, yeah. So how time. did you feel overall just about vanilla sky? Uh, I thought it held up really well. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that, Same. yeah, I thought that Tom Cruise is just excellent. I mean, like he's such a versatile actor. I mean, you know, and I mean, Cameron Diaz is crazy in this film. She's perfect. The casting is fantastic. This is the first um, time I'd ever heard one of my favorite bands, Sigaros, in in this this movie. Wow. So it introduced me to that band. So yeah, it, I mean, it brought back a lot of feelings I had the first time. What about you? Um, same. I thought it held up really, really well, especially whenever I started trying to pick it apart a little bit. I loved how from that transitional moment halfway through the film where, or towards the end, I guess, when they reveal 
this is when your, your new timeline started, actually, mm-hmm. uh, when we inserted you into the simulation. And it shows whenever you're watching it that the sky is a vanilla sky yeah. in the scene. And so yeah. that's really cool that they didn't just save it for the finale of the film, that they actually subtly were trying to insert it throughout the film and uh, do all these really cool things. Another cool thing that I really loved going into cinematography was the opening shots were all these top-down views of the city, this aerial floating shots of Central Park and uh, these avenues. And I think it's foreshadowing kind of the godlike world he inhabits later, Um, especially when you start considering the whole open your eyes bit um, that is initially Sophia, and then he wakes up for real to realize it's actually Julie. Um, And that obviously is also... The voice is Sophia. Yeah. yeah, Right. Um, And so that's foreshadowing as well, like his conflation of the two personalities in his his simulation. Um, Diving in real quick, the special effects makeup I thought was just incredible. That prosthetic thing that they put on his face. Unbelievable. Sick. But what I also love about it was half his face is destroyed... But half really isn't, which gives us something to focus on and identify with. It's also a glimpse at what he used to be and could return to. If he had been completely destroyed, I don't think we could have related quite as strongly. I totally agree. That's a good point. And I love that they did that. And his eyes, both his eyes are pretty well still mostly normal. Mm -hmm. And so that, and the eyes are, you know, the window to the souls, some say. Um, You can identify with him as a character. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. The going into the nudity part, I love that. Their space is very personal and intimate, and it feels so real. Her boobs are out for real. And I know that's kind of a funny thing to say, but that's real life. When you're intimate with someone, you don't keep covering up yourself. And the fact that she was willing to go there, I think, really helps cement us into this world and helps uh, suspend disbelief. Because that's always kind of a distraction for me when I see an actress's, oh, just trying to not reveal herself. and. It's just weird to see two people having sex and the bra still on, that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, that's a little odd, but whatever. I'm trying. That makes me force myself back into the film. But the interesting thing, too, is we never see Julie Gianni nude. And maybe that's because Cameron Diaz didn't want to do nudity, but maybe it's there to demonstrate the lack of intimacy David feels towards her as opposed to the intimacy he gets with Sophia. Yeah. And I think that's just, there's a lot of great ways to use nudity that's more than just excessive. The other thing I wanted to touch on is, oh, there's so much. The Sophia's flaw, I think Sophia maybe has also a flaw. They have a really big night together, but there's only interesting things about her. There's nothing really interesting about David other than his money and looks. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's a very shallow, superficial guy. I right. guess he's a certain level of charming. I mean, but that's the point though, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just thought that was kind of hilarious because Brian to me is a, his buddy. is a much more compelling guy that mm-hmm. uh, is richer internally. Also love that to return to reality at the end required him to face his greatest fear. And I think that's kind of a, a note to us, the audience that, Choosing reality requires conquering our fears because this whole film is just, I don't know, there's a lot of ways you can take it, but the way I take it is we live in our own simulation of what the world is. We create these facades of how we see life and it's not reality. And it takes so much courage to face reality that you can't help but appreciate that. I mean, I have so many other notes, but we're already up against it. How, how long are we in? Uh, seven and a half. Are we really? Yeah. Oh man, fail. Super fail. We might as well slow down. Okay, I'll skim through it then. Okay. 
God. <laughs> One day we're going to actually do it. Yeah, we'll have to like script it to the T. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll try passing off. In maybe 10 episodes, we'll try again. Nice. I like it. The other thing I really love is the disjointed timelines, which we'll get into in another time episode, but they show us the odd and confusing future, right? David is in a mask, he's being interrogated, interrogated for murder. And it's giving us all these questions like, how did we get there? Yeah. What's, and it's, where are we now? Where are we now? Yeah. What, when is now? Yeah. Yeah. All those things that kind of help us engage. And I love though that they also give it a completely different visual style from everything else in the film. Um, David is not only in his mask and being interrogated, but the color is different. We have all these blues and whites and we have this higher contrast and all the, uh, there's a lot of glowy, hazy visuals. And it's almost heavenly, mm-hmm. the, w- the way you see it all. And it's kind of interesting. But doing those disjointed timelines, you know, where are we, when are we, it's a puzzle that we're constantly trying to put together. And it's such a good way to uh, engage the audience, even if it's at this point in 2018, a little more cliche and, and tired. Um, yeah, that's the kind of feeling that I, that I had. I had to remind myself how old this movie yeah. was because I was like, oh, really? That's been so done. But it's, it wasn't so done when this movie came out. Totally. Yeah. And I don't think this, there's this one line that Tom, Tom Cruise says where he says, I don't think my father ever got over the fact that I'm absolutely terrified of heights. And to me, looking at it from a writer perspective, it's super sloppy exposition. Yeah. Um, but it's relevant later on. That's why you need to know that because that's his greatest fear. And at the very end, right, he has to overcome that. But it's also what I like about that line, though, is what Tom Cruise does with it. He made it so much more interesting by the visual demonstration of standing on the table and looking over the edge which is also foreshadowing the very end whenever he has to do that exact thing again. And even the pose itself is very, very on the nose of what he does whenever he runs over to the edge and he almost slips over. An an excellent thing that I love that they did here was they really set us into his lifestyle for 45 minutes before tearing it away, which helps us relate the divide in his life. If we'd been five or 10 minutes in and he has that accident, we don't really know what he's missing. Yeah. We don't really understand what he's trying to get back to or the connection that he had with Sophia versus uh, kind of the fill-in girl of One Night Stands, you know, seen through Julie Gianni's eyes. Yeah, I think (laughs) the only other thing, there's two other small quick things. I love the lie logo. Uh, There's a life extension logo on the sweatshirt of the Benny the Dog owner guy when he's on Conan. And it doesn't just say L-E, it says L-E, and in the middle of those initials is a, uh, is a man. And if you read it, it actually looks like it's saying lie, like this is all a lie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of a cool little hat tip to what's going on maybe later. I forget when that happens. Yeah. But the other weird thing that I picked up in the credits was I noticed the production designer is Catherine Hardwick. And I was like, whoa. Is it that car? Because she turned a director not long after this. She directed uh, 13 and Lords of Dogtown and, of course, most famously, uh, Twilight. Yeah. And then she's had a pretty good career since then. But I just thought that was incredible. She had this long history career as a production designer working on films like this. Uh, and it's excellent work. Like she, I think, did some beautiful, beautiful work in making this, um, especially when you start considering all the scenes and album covers, you know, the Bob Dylan cover that shows replicating in some of these scenes. Yeah. And so 
it makes me going to want to actually watch Twilight again. <laughs> so would you, uh, 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 we still need to keep this short, even if it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, but I'm, did, I'm over. Would you, if you had the cho- his choice, what would you do? Oh, I'm such a reality guy. Yeah. Like everything in me would want to stay in that mm-hmm. simulation because I finally get all the things I really want, but I, it doesn't count. If it's not yeah. reality, it just doesn't count to me. Uh, yeah. If you know that it's not reality. Yeah. yeah especially if you know. Yeah. yeah. But I never would have signed up for that. In, in the, the first, first place. place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even with a messed up face. <laughs> You're like, that's my money maker. <laughs> I would have seen, can I transfer my brain to someone else? Would you have, what would you have done? Uh, yeah. I, I, reality probably. I just, you know, I could imagine myself getting tired of being alive. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you never die, I mean, I, you know, and if you know that it's a simulation, then yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I got to let it go. True. Awesome. Well, this was fun. This was great. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to tune in next week. We'll be doing Catch Me If You Can. Yes. Awesome. Uh, what's your recommendation for the week? I'm totally screwing up the order again. Nah, no problem. Uh, I am, I'm going to recommend this new show uh, on, on Netflix called The Innocents. The acting is fantastic. The, 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 the soundtrack is amazing. Um, the story is really interesting and compelling and it's shot in England, um, all over England, but mostly London. And it's just, it's just really, really, really well done. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm going to recommend an older film, not long around this time. Uh, If you love Penelope Cruz, and I think she is absolutely incredible, then maybe you should go rewatch All the Pretty Horses with her and Matt Damon. Um, That's just an excellent, excellent film. Um, high, High recommend over here. Awesome. Very cool. So don't forget to drop us a note. If you want to comment on this episode, you can go to thebesselpodcast.com slash vanilla sky. On one of the 200 words we've said. I mean, (laughs) so short. Yeah, and we'll leave you with a quote of the day. Uh, This one is by Ludwig Jacobowski. Uh, Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Nice. It's a great thing to live by, you know, because I always remember on Sundays, I used to be like really sad. When I'm growing up, because whoever came, some friends came over or something to hang out and it was a weekend and you love it. All of a sudden, Sunday evening, it starts all over. I got to go to school or I got to go to work or whatever. And you start getting kind of like depressed or I did, Uh, you know, but if I would have known this quote or like lived by this quote back then, it would have been okay, you know? And, and I mean, I would have, wouldn't have been as sad, you know? Yeah. That's such a good quote. That's the antithesis of me. I'm, I'm like, it's yeah. over and I'll pout for a week. <laughs> yeah, right. It said, now you can have your week back. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Anyway. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us in our seven minute, 20 minute <laughs> pestle. Uh, we'll try this again in 10 weeks or so and, and see how it works out. Uh, but until then, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch the movies. Yeah.